secret's worth depends on the people from whom it must be kept. Carlos Ruiz Zafon. The Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 6, Secrets. and welcome back to Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. I'm Zachary Ballard, and with me today is Michael Clark. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Michael. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm the owner of the Game Store and Price, Scattered Dice Games and Arcade. Uh, yeah, it, it's a good good time to, to be alive, and I'm happy to be here on the show. Yeah, uh, we met uh, an, yet another guest on this episode that I met down in, on this podcast that I met down in Price. Uh, we met um, doing shows um uh, basically teching a few shows together um yeah so uh welcome michael uh so what's your what's your involvement and knowledge of the walking dead so uh i you can call me brand new to the franchise i'm uh uh-huh. yeah my my history with the walking dead i tried to start the series several times over the last few years it couldn't hook me for some reason or another and I decided to start it again about this last September, and I'm almost done with season two, so I, I'm brand new, fresh. Oh wow, nice, cool. Did did this podcast get you watching it? Uh, it, it got me intrigued. I'll definitely say that. So I okay. started watching because of uh, some of the things being discussed. Okay, cool, interesting. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's so this this episode was definitely very heavy. Um, and I gotta say the acting in this episode is so, 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 so good. Um, I mean, the acting throughout is just incredible, but like specifically, um, just especially Lori's and Shane's and Rick's acting is, and, and Dale's too, is just so good. Um, I think the main theme I saw in this episode, uh, and it's the title of the episode is secrets. Um, there's a lot of secrets going around. And I wanted to ask, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on secrets? Because, because I know some people think that secrets are important. Some people think that secrets, like, there should be no secrets. Like, what are your, what are your opinions and thoughts on secrets? Well, secrets in general, uh, I think some are well worth keeping. Others, uh, if you keep them or specifically keep them for too long, it can be detrimental to relationships, which we, we saw a lot of that with uh, Lori's and Rick's discussions, especially at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's... I I think that there... There's, like, good secrets and then there's bad secrets to keep, right? And, like, good secrets are, you know, secrets that keep other people safe, secrets that um, aren't really detrimental to someone's relationship or their livelihood um but there's there's also bad secrets to keep where you are you know keeping something from your spouse or keeping something from um your let's say your employees that they should know about um just just things like that but it, it, i think it's sort of like a case-by-case basis uh wouldn't you say so i i definitely agree uh with a case-by-case basis <laughs> and it also depends on who who the secret is from. Like there are things that I would tell my wife 100%, but I wouldn't tell, you know, my friends or my coworkers, you know? And, um, and I think, I think that's how it should be. Um, I, I wanted to talk about, uh, this, this can be sort of a secret 
that is worth keeping. Uh, Rick not telling his group that they will need to leave eventually from the farm. Because yeah. um, I... And I think he's keeping that secret because he knows that chaos would ensue if he told them prematurely. Well, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. So Rick's character, he's he's shown himself to be very... You could say political. He's political within the group. He's taking the role of leadership, and I think it's very wise of him not to immediately bring up this particular issue to the group because in Rick's Mm -hmm. mind, it's not 100% set in stone. While Herschel Herschel is saying one thing, but his actions open up – or I guess his body language and actions are showing that there may be – a possibility that Rick could discuss them staying. So I can see him definitely not bringing it up to the group. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess it also depends on if things are set in stone. What about the secret uh, of keeping walkers in the barn? Because on one hand, Herschel doesn't trust everyone in the group, and he still thinks that those walkers are human, and he he doesn't want one of the group members to go rogue and kill the walkers in the barn. But on the other hand, it's also... You know, if I was a part of that group and I was sleeping near the barn, I would want to know that there's walkers in there right up front so that I could protect myself. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so the walkers in the barn is a very interesting uh, side of things. So obviously Herschel's whole family and everyone that's staying with his group knows about the walkers in the barn because they're all involved with catching them and putting them in and feeding them. But... uh, I see why Herschel wouldn't bring that up with outsiders because, he, first of all, there's no trust that's been built there quite yet. Uh, you don't know what type of responses, and that's when you got to poke and prod a little bit, fish out, and see see how people respond. But then, of course, Glenn accidentally finds the walkers, and as much as I love Glenn's character, he, he is not good at keeping secrets. <laughs> He's so bad at it. It's so funny. I was dying watching that episode and watching him just struggle. Yeah, but uh, with the walkers in the barn, that that raises another thing. So uh, I rewatched the episode uh, to make sure that it was fresh in my mind for this. And one of the questions that came to my mind that wasn't there the first time, why are they feeding the walkers? Because Herschel has this argument. He says, oh, well, to us, they're still people. Well, people don't tear apart and eat live chicken. Because especially, you know... It, there's diseases, and you, you can die from eating raw chicken and whatnot. That that would be the first clue that they're no longer people as we know them. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just throws a lot of questions of the why. Here's what I think. Like, it, I was wondering if it's a sense of morality of, like, they're still people, or if it's a sense of he doesn't want to let go of his family. And I think, I think it's the latter. I think he d- doesn't want to let go of his wife and his children. Um... And so he's holding on to what is left. He's he's holding on to that hope that they could be just sick people and they're not dead. Um, but again, it's endangering other people. You know, it's he's he is in he is endangering other people um, at the cost of his feelings of if these people are still alive or if they're just sick. You know. Yeah, that, I, I completely see that, and that, that was going to be my follow-up question of the why, because he, he has his, his family there on the farm with him that, you know, they're, they're still alive, they're breathing, they talk, they don't groan or try to bite, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and he sends one of them on a regular basis to that barn. What if one of them doesn't come back? 
Yeah, and and it's it's he's not he's not focusing on the living at, like he's I think he's still so attached to his past because he's still like he still like believes that property still exists when I I mean it doesn't really there's no government and therefore no like property lines um, and like he's still holding on to his farm he's still holding on to his past and and he he thinks that they are sick people and so he and so he's like well even though they're sick they still need to eat. So I'll just feed them chickens, but it, it doesn't... I think he's traumatized, and when people... Well, sometimes when people are traumatized, they can't think rationally um, in order to deal with the trauma that they're facing, you know? Yeah, I, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I think Glenn is such an interesting character in this episode, because he seems to be the only one that couldn't like keep a secret, aside from maybe Carl, uh, but Carl's like still a kid, you know? But like... He seems to be the only one that like can't keep a secret because Herschel's people can keep a secret. Obviously, Shane can keep a secret. Lori can definitely keep secrets to her own detriment. Rick can, you know. Everyone is keeping secrets except for Glenn. I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, why is it so important for Glenn to not keep secrets? And and it's not as important for other people. Like, why why does he feel like a moral issue with him keeping secrets? Because um, I've never... I've never in my life felt a moral dilemma with me keeping secrets. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I know that I've met people that they have issues with keeping secrets because they, they almost feel like they're lying to people uh, when they keep a secret. Uh -huh. uh, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, at least not all the time. I, I can definitely see mm -hmm. their point of view. But I think as far as the TV show goes, I think it's important that Glenn and especially Dale, uh, both of them act the way they do because uh, – it's it's those two characters up to this point that have kept you, you could say the the sanity or the the morality the sense of morality amongst the group because even up to this mm. point Rick has a strong sense of morals but episode by episode his morals are slowly decreasing not to the point of shame mm. but it, yeah. it, that sense of right and wrong is becoming blurred and it's becoming gray I see a lot of like holding on to to things in this episode like holding on to morals or holding on to to the past or holding on to your secrets like just a ton of like holding on and not letting go i think that secrets like of course like when you when you have a secret and it needs to come out you don't need to tell everyone your secret right like telling one person like what you only know is is enough i feel like to let it off your chest and then that person can help you but not everyone is entitled to every aspect of my life. And I'm not entitled to anyone else's aspect of their life. Um, and so it's, um, it's sort of like this gray area of that secrets shouldn't be kept, but also like they should be kept from most people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear you. Because as we saw in the episode, like secrets are eating people alive. Like, and I think it's, it's, it's secrets that you really don't want getting out. They eat you alive. Um... Like, with Rick's secret and with uh, Herschel's secret, like, it doesn't seem to be eating them alive because they know it will get out eventually, or they know it won't cause a big deal if they keep the secret. But uh, with, like, Shane and Lori, if Shane says, hey, by the way, I actually killed Otis, and as we saw the fallout between Lori and Rick, like, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant, hey, by the way, I was gonna take plan B, hey, by the way, me and Shane slept together, like... It, it, it's it's the difference of the secrets are like whether they hold a detriment to people or whether they don't. I think uh, 
definitely the different levels. Uh, you, you could say that there's a, a rank or a tier system to secrets. You know, there's, you know, but there can be the little things like on the playground. Oh, I like this kid over here. You know, that that's not a very big secret. Uh, compared to what Lori is keeping from Rick, which Rick's not a dummy. I, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure he figured out early on that uh, that Lori and Shane had slept together. And he was choosing to move past it regardless. Even if it did come out, he was willing. He understands the the intent behind it because, you know, Lori thought he was dead. The world went ah! And uh, at that point in time, she was looking to kind of find any sense of normalcy that she, she possibly could. And in that case, it was, hey, this guy has been the best friend to Rick. He's come around her house. They were coworkers and whatnot. This might be the closest thing I ever get to being with my husband ever again. Even with that, uh, Rick understands that sentiment, and he doesn't hold that particular bit against it, Lori. He says it there at the end of the episode that uh, there was a time and moment where he, you know, he, he was a little upset, which justly he, he, he justly was, but he, he pushed past it. He didn't go beat Shane up over it. He didn't confront Shane necessarily about it, not in that episode anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There will be a confrontation about it. Yes, and it is yeah. spicy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even with it all, uh, I feel like Lori hiding the pregnancy was kind of the low ball, uh, the low ball blow. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I think I, I definitely understand Rick's anger um, on that because if if Alina was pregnant and like and she was struggling with it, like we don't we don't want a child right now. Um, but like if Alina was pregnant and she was just holding it herself and, and I couldn't like help her because I didn't know, like I would, I would feel so like angry and like upset that like she wouldn't trust me with that. Cause you know, it, it, it's our relationship and it's our child. Um, I mean, there's still the question of whether it's Shane or Rick's child, but that's another story. Um, but like, you know, I, I would be upset if she didn't tell me um, that, uh, she was pregnant. Um, and, and again, like Lori didn't have, like Glenn told her, like Lori didn't have to face this alone. Like she, she could have had a support system. And usually like when I have kept something from someone that, um, you know, I didn't have to face alone. And then when I out myself with it, like, I feel so much better because now I have like support. Now I have people that I can talk to about it and like figure something out with it, you know? Yeah. So, I think – so the way Glenn worded it more was I think this decision shouldn't be made alone, which I think is a little more impactful because it, uh, definitely it takes two to tango, you know, and this comes into – it can get into some touchy politics for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I feel that uh, the decision ultimately, whether you keep a baby or not, that should ultimately be made between both both parents. In this case, where they may not know if the baby is Rick's or not, uh, Lori's already made up the decision at this point. Like, it doesn't matter if, you know, if it is Shane's because we're going to raise this baby as though it is Rick's. Because up to this point, Rick and Lori, you know, uh, they've had plenty of time in the tent since Rick's been back. So they could mm-hmm. easily, uh, they could easily convince themselves that it is Rick's regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, it is a decision that should be made between both partners. And yeah, that should be I, I agree with that. Yeah, if both partners are there and if both partners are have made the child, like it, it should be a discussion because it's it's both their child, you know, and 
it's just a heartbreaking episode because you see Lori, like you see like Lori like wanting to have this baby, but also not wanting to have this baby in this awful world. And and you see her like battling with her own like moral judgment. Like you know, like you can tell that she feels what she's doing is wrong and that's why she like throws up the pills. But like she she just also feels like it's wrong to bring a baby into this world. And I I just wanted to like I just I just wanted her to like just go and tell Rick and have Rick just hug her. And um I I wish I understood Rick's anger, but I wish that that Rick was a little bit more compassionate in the beginning. I I completely understand why he blew up and got angry. Um but I mean, you know, we're sh we're showing a show of imperfect people going through this wildly imperfect world, so of course people aren't going to react perfectly to situations, but it is yeah, it's just a really tough situation and it's not it's not a pretty thing that you know, people go through a lot of the time. Yeah, and I I like how uh, he brought up showing it or, or having a TV show with imperfect people in an imperfect world mm -hmm. because uh, I think uh, this is one of the aspects. So Walking Dead, people love zombies, okay? Uh, uh, now there's a culture behind it. Everyone seems to love them and like them, but I think another gravitating part of the show is it, it is fairly realistic with how it shows people how – people would respond or react in similar situations. And oh, yeah. I think that's what's so appealing is we don't have very many TV shows where we get that realistic side or that realistic nature that we see on television. It's just like a mirror. Like I was watching that episode and I was like, this, like this could happen in, in our world. Like it does happen in our world where a woman gets pregnant, doesn't want to tell her husband or her partner, um, just wants to, take plan B and get rid of like it, it that that has happened you know um and uh like I don't know personally stories but you know but it's yeah I really I really like the show because it shows reality um in in the scope of zombies um yeah uh I wanted to talk about Dale because <laughs> Alina and I were watching this episode last night and Dale was just figuring things <sighs> out all over the place and Dale was like, and then Alina was like, how does he know when, when, when Shane and Andrea get back from, uh, their little adventure, uh, and, and then Dale's like looking at them and he figures it out. And Alina's like, how does he know? And I wrote down, it's hard to keep secrets from old and perceptive people. <laughs> um, people, people that have been around the block, people that have had experience and that can perceive those experiences and other people are so hard to keep secrets from. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you walk a mile in down a certain path, you, or you see what the path looks like, and then you watch other people walking down similar paths, so you can expect similar obstacles, or it could be the exact same path, they're just a few years down behind you. And, uh, Dale, oh my goodness, I love his character. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Because I, and he's also so solid, because, like, when Glenn told him, he didn't, he, he made it seem like he found out, um, like by himself he, and, and not putting it on Glenn, you know, like he made it seem like I took a walk this morning and I saw, um, walkers by the barn and you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a lie because I assume Dale actually did go check out the barn and heard the noises and, 
Um, and then when he saw Lori like get sick, like he was like, my wife was pregnant once, <laughs> and, and he made it seem like he found out by himself, which I think is so good. He wasn't putting it on Glenn; he was putting it on him, and I I really I really appreciate that. And he just and he finds out about he he knew about a little bit about Lori and Shane. And then he finds out immediately about Andrea and Shane because they're acting all weird. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just Dale's so great. I love Dale. Uh, he's definitely one of the most selfless characters in the cast. Oh, yeah. Which I think adds a good dynamic, which, you know, spoilers, I, I was watching Walking Dead this morning, and uh, Dale's fate happened at the end of the episode, and I won't lie, I kind of yelled and swore in my car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, it's so, it's just so sad because, like, his whole thing is keeping the morality, um, and he dies because he keeps his morality, and yeah, it's it's tragic. But oh man, I and I love I love that standoff between Shane and uh, Dale, where um, Shane's like, I know the kind of man you are, and da and no, Dale's like, I know the kind of man you are. And Shane's like, if I would have, if I would have shot my best friend, say I would have, what makes you think what I would do to a guy I don't even like? And, ah, oh, that standoff is so good. It's so good. Um, so with, with yeah. that conversation specifically, it, it shows how good Shane can put on a facade. Th throughout the, the season, so, uh, we know that Shane at some point in time, he, he had good morals and whatnot, but he's lived in this world long enough that... There's been that mental shift or that mental click that I feel I feel like the show is showing humanity kind of regressing. Uh, they're, they're they're no longer in the what you what we would call civilized, but it, it's definitely that survival of the fittest. And Shane has put himself in that mentality. Regardless of you know what faces us, I'm willing to make the calls that's necessary, even if it doesn't make me popular. If I feel like it's yeah. necessary for the safety or survival of me, particularly me, or in the larger case, the group, then yeah. Mm -hmm. But he, I'm willing to eliminate any threat regardless of who or what it is, which makes him dangerous. <laughs> there, There's so many contradicting personalities in this group. And I love how, like, Glenn and Dale are, like, the moral backbones. But then, like, Shane and Andrea um, are are like the the survival backbones and then Rick and um Rick and Daryl are sort of like in between. They found like a healthy balance of them. Um and Rick and Daryl are actually the ones that survived the longest. So it's sort of interesting that when you find that balance then you survive longer. But uh I love Shane's story. I feel I feel so bad for him, but then again like he's He's spiraling now. He's donezo. I think I think this is a key episode or key point because Shane even uh, if if I'm remembering right, he confronts Lori about about the pregnancy and Lori says, This will never be your baby, it will be Rick's. And I think that's one of the things that may have put him off edge or starting that downward spiral because at that point he has nothing else to lose because he, he thought his yeah. best friend was dead at some point in time and he figured he'd start making another relationship. He's already lost his family. Now this yeah. person that he had a connection with or thought he had a connection with is turning him away. It's definitely a, a fast track uh, of going downhill. And you can see yeah. with his future decisions in other ep in the future episodes how mentally impactful that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, 
uh, while we wrap up on secrets, um, I want to talk about the time frame in keeping a secret and like how that is also important. Like the, the longer time you know about something and you keep it a secret, it's almost like the worse it gets, like the bigger of a deal it is, you know, it's like, almost more daunting. Yeah. Like, let's say you cheat on your partner and you tell them immediately after that you did, um, or you wait 10 years and tell them, or they find out 10 years later. Like there's a difference between like, like every time you see the person you're keeping the secret from and you don't tell them, it just gets worse and worse and worse and more daunting. And it's like, and to the person that the secret was kept from, it's like, you had all these opportunities to tell me, why didn't you tell me? You know, it's, I just wanted to bring that up a little bit because Rick at the end was asking, how long have you known, um, about this? And, uh, and yeah, I just wanted to mention that a little bit. I think it, once again, this definitely comes back down to situational and it kind of, it, it's a good teaching lesson because it, he brings up how long have you known days, weeks, months, Lori says doesn't matter. Yeah, it it, it matters in this case mm-hmm. because uh, this could have a longer lasting impact if Lori would have been up front early on, then yeah. this whole mess would have been avoided. Lori would have had the, the mental uh, support that she would have needed from her husband instead of trying to struggle through it with her on her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't have put Glenn and Maggie at risk for picking up uh, picking up the abortion pills. Now, there were there were a lot of things that could have been avoided if it would have come out early on, and mm-hmm. kind of on a, a personal standpoint. So uh, several years ago, uh, uh, straight up, uh, I, I was heavily addicted to pornography. It it almost had a detriment uh, with me keeping that secret with me and my family. Uh, it, it burned down some relationships and bridges that I had to work back and rebuild over the years. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was probably about five or six years ago now. Five years, I I had a relapse, and it almost led to someone trying to blackmail me, literally for thousands of dollars, and mm. yeah, it's bad. Ah! <laughs> it, mm. It's it's not good, but because I was up front, uh, I, I made the decision a long time ago that I would, if I ever had a relapse with this addiction, I would never keep it a secret from my wife, my family. I would get the help I immediately needed, and uh, because of that. No, we, we got out of the situation literally within that the first twenty four hours, and but up to that point, there there was that internal struggle of uh, the what is? Do I let people know? Do I suffer through this on my own? But going through that experience, I can say it's definitely better to bring in your support systems because people are willing to forgive, especially if you bring them in when the issue is happening, so they can help resolve it. Because we, yeah. We, we can't, uh, as big and bad as we all think we are, we can't go through every single trial in life and expect to come out unscathed. And sometimes it's yeah. better to have that help and support to get through whatever the issue is. Yeah, 100%. And thanks for sharing that. I, I love it when people are vulnerable. It's great because I have to be vulnerable at 9 a.m. every day uh, for acting class. So I just love, I love vulnerability. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. Uh, so watching this episode, I was like, I was like, oh, good thing Michael's on this episode because there's a little bit about guns and I know you're a gun guy and (laughs) I was like, oh, this is great. There's people there. The group is almost divided with people that are wary about guns and people that, um, that are think guns as a necessity. And like, even if you believe in the second amendment, 
like there I, I know plenty of people that believe in the second amendment but still don't own guns and still don't like touch them because they because they're wary about them and um and I sort of wanted to to touch on that like how safe do you think guns are in a zombie apocalypse and like cuz cuz guns are really loud guns make tons of noise they're wasting ammunition to to train people on these guns to give them the proper training to handle them safely um so like what do you what do you think like do guns actually keep people safe in this situation or not so overall i would say yes because uh, Mm -hmm. guns in general are uh, an important facet for self-defense uh and it's it's definitely important to try to train and practice where you can if you have the ammunition to spare which in this case where everyone's practicing i'm assuming they have a fairly decent stockpile there in the rv that they've gathered from different cities and towns and different homes that they may have gone in and raided for supplies but uh, i think it's a very important uh, you know uh, we, we see an issue come up so carl's starting to learn how to shoot or he wants to learn how to shoot Lori is wary because carl was just shot it just recovered and then uh he's wanting to learn how to defend himself and i'm of the same opinion of rick and shane it's like he's getting old enough to where he can handle a gun it's better that we teach him how to handle a firearm properly Mm -hmm. before he just picks one up and starts experimenting and could possibly hurt himself yeah because we also saw in that same episode that uh carl stole a revolver and shane Mm -hmm. about beat his beat his ass because of it yeah so at, up to that point, it's like, yeah, uh, train them the way they need to be trained. And we saw that with Andrea. Andrea was good at hitting uh, stationary targets, but she had to get through that mental block of actually killing something. Because up to that point mm-hmm. in the episode, you don't really see Andrea fighting or killing walkers uh, up until when her and Shane go into town looking for uh, for Maggie's daughter. Or not Maggie. Yeah. Uh, um, Carol's. Carol's, yeah. Sophia. Yeah. Sophia. So up to that point, that's the first time where we really see Andrea going head head on and facing that mental block. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think it's the proper training of um, weaponry that causes a lot of accidents and a lot of things to, to not go wrong. Um, but then again, like, I mean, accidents still do happen, like with Otis. Otis, I assume Otis was trained with weaponry, but he just didn't see Carl behind that deer. And... Um, I, I agree that I do think guns, um, keep us safe. Um, but in a zombie apocalypse, I'm just not sure. Cause they're just so loud and you can cause like a herd to, to come and wreck your shit, <sighs> essentially, you know? So it's, I, I, I'm, but then I guess you do have the guns to protect yourself. So it's sort of like this, this moral quandary of like, um, we have the guns and they're loud, but um, that means that we can protect ourselves if the zombies come. So it, it's a catch-22, and we see that mm. uh, that question come up in, uh, I, I don't know if it's in that episode, or I'm pretty sure it's in later episodes, where they they start carrying more knives with them and whatnot, and they use the yeah. guns when necessary. So if there's just one or two walkers, sure, knives are a good way to go, but if you're having just melee weapons and you know, you got zombies all around, you're better off having a firearm. If they're coming, they're coming. And you're going to yeah, be taking them right. out at a further distance. Once those zombies get in close to you, once they're in arm's reach, you're muffed. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, then we'll go into our moral dilemma, uh, is how like quickly Maggie shifted her opinion on walkers 
when she was in a when she was in a life or death situation with a walker like because i don't think she has been in a life or death situation with a walker before that moment but the minute that walker was gonna kill her she was like oh yeah kill that walker kill that boy right now you know i i just thought i was like she doesn't have that opinion anymore i can tell you that yeah i thought i thought that was interesting I'm really glad that you brought this up because I, I made a note on this uh, when I was rewatching the episode yesterday. I am personally thinking that Maggie has always had the opinion that you know the Walkers are dead, they're dangerous. But out of respect for my dad, you know, what, sure, you know, what, we'll try and pretend to help him out. I don't. I think that that was never her true opinion. But with this attack, it was the final straw. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think she was. I think she was questioning. I think she was doubting that that belief and that opinion, um, like we do with a lot of our parents' beliefs and opinions. Um, you know, kids doubt them and they figure out for themselves. But it's. I just thought. I just thought that was interesting, and I love the moment that she has with Glenn, where she's like, "You're a leader. You're a good person, and you just don't like know it. You don't know, like how smart you are, um, and people push you around." And I've definitely felt that, like, I've had, like, Alina has given me that exact same talk um, before, where, like, you're you're a leader, you just, like, let people push you around, because you're nice, you're you're nicer than most people, and, um, and yeah, I just, I really like, I really like their relationship. Yeah. I really like how Maggie brings up the point that they don't want you to see it, because I, I think the group knows that if they, uh, if they let Glenn shine, then he's gonna definitely shine and run with it mm -hmm. but... yeah and of course like because they they don't want to do the hard thing. Ah! they don't want to go into town they don't want to like they don't want to go into know, the well they want to <laughs> do they want to do the cool ah! shit, like look for sophia right and like be the hero and bring sophia back but you know glenn's the one that's keeping them alive glenn's the one that's getting them the stuff that they need and yeah so Alright, well, uh, we will be back after a short music interlude with a moral dilemma. your moral dilemma um all right so for some reason you uh you find out that you're gonna die tomorrow um it can be whatever reason whether you know someone's gonna kill you you have a like a disease and a doctor's like yeah you're probably gonna die tomorrow like whatever um or it could be just soon like in a week like very soon you're gonna die very soon do you tell your loved ones and have really have a really sad last day or do you not tell them and just try to have like a really happy and joyful last day well i think that comes down to the mentality behind everything so if i knew something like that i would of course uh tell my friends and family because for one that helps uh helps them mentally prepare then you know we that can help get things in order and whatnot but death itself doesn't always have to be a sad occasion uh uh, I mean, uh, sure, we're, we're going to be sad because we're going to miss someone, but at the same time, I'm of the opinion that death or funerals and whatnot, it, we're going there 
to honor the memory of someone, we want to have a good time. And I've told my wife this, and I've told other coworkers and friends. You know, uh, uh, well, so I'm LDS, uh, uh, Mormon, if you know, for other people that know the layman term. But there's kind of a common stigma, you know. You go to a, a Mormon funeral, and there's things like funeral potatoes, and you know, whatever, what, you know, just basic, basic food and ham, and people just sit and they're quiet. No, I don't want that in my funeral. I want birthday cake. I want people to have. You know, I want music. I want people to dance. <laughs> I want people to have a good time. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I've heard of other people with the same opinion. I just want jokes at my funeral. That's all I want. I like when I die. I just want like, yeah. I just yeah. I agree with that. I think I think life should be celebrated and not like a sad thing that you know they're gone and um like whether you believe there's an afterlife or not i think that um it's the celebration of their life that is important and, and i think it ultimately comes down to how we're, we're culturally raised here in the united states that there's mm-hmm. because you travel outside of the country and other uh these other groups of people view death so differently i mean uh there's a uh, there's some nations where the custom is, you know, your relative dies, uh, you more or less kind of embalm or preserve the body, and then you keep the body in your house for a year, you you dress it, you wash it, uh, you bring them to the dinner table with you, and uh, it's that way for a full year before you entomb, before you entomb your loved one. And it, I think it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. And I know... Uh, Earlier this last year, I, a very close person to me died from COVID complications. And pneumonia developed in his lungs. He passed away. He was like a second dad to me. But at his funeral, uh, now we, we went into the chapel for the viewing, and it was only supposed to be like 45 minutes to an hour. Now we're sitting in there for two, almost three hours, and we're just sharing stories and laughing and having a good time. Load his casket in the back of his work truck, and now, there, there was no hearse. Screw the hearse. We, we loaded him in the back of the work truck and drove him to the cemetery. We had a... Uh-huh. It was a fun time and fun memories and yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I like that mindset. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at feed don't your brain, Twitter at Zachy the zombie, email us at feed don't your brain at gmail.com. Also follow us at Fortin horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends and family and enemies. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day, night, whatever time you're listening to this. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll say bye, Michael. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>